Well, good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. Thinking of people of the living God. You know, as the people of the living God, we do things because of that. And I want to get into some of that, but I was especially thinking about uh, some of what we've been hearing um, Brother Merle sharing, and especially thinking of last night. You know, where is the lamb? And it's one of those things when we really get a hold of that part of it, when we're right with God and we have that relationship with him, you know, through the blood of the lamb, then there's a second part to that. And really what I want to look at this morning is something that's kind of a next step. Now, if you remember with the apostle Paul, really before he was, when he was still Saul, he's persecuting Christians and he's on the road to Damascus and the Lord stops him. The Lord stops him. And, you know, there's, there's this conversation that goes on. And Saul asks two questions there. First one is, Lord, who, are, who art thou? And the second is, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? First, he got that relationship with the Lord taken care of, if you want to say that, fixed. You know, who are you, Lord? And then once that was settled, the next question is, and what do you want me to do? So this morning, I want to be looking at this idea of being gifted for God. And to lay a little bit of a foundation for that, you know, the Bible speaks of the church as the body of Christ. And so... As a bit of a foundation of that, just getting started, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I was just going to pull one verse out of this, but in looking at it, um, it's kind of at the end of a long sentence. And really that sentence, though, gives us more of an idea of who Jesus is. And so um, we'll go ahead and start in verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints." And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. First off, just looking at that whole passage, this is who we're talking about when we're talking about Jesus. This is amazing. But then to think that he's the head of the church. The church is his body. The body of Christ kind of makes us the outworking of what Christ does. 
And when we think of the church as a body, we realize, okay, well, this is actually a good analogy. Of course, you realize that God would come up with a good analogy, wouldn't he? But it's a good analogy. I want to think about just a little bit of this. Now we want to focus uh, more on uh, 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to turn there. And we're going to be spending a little more time in this chapter. 1 Corinthians 12. We'll go ahead and probably read the chapter in its entirety. I want you to be thinking about this whole analogy of a body, the body of Christ, how a body works. Of course, this is in the context, you know, talking about spiritual gifts, different parts of the body. So we'll get started there. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Thank you. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? 
but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Of course, that more excellent way goes into the next chapter with love. But I want to look at some of these. We see this variety of giftings, and we see that God designed it that way. We see that there's different gifts in the body of Christ, different parts to the body. But we also see in some of these verses, there's a necessity for that. God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And it describes some of these things of how there's this need for the various parts and the different parts needing each other. You actually think about it. The differences that God designed into each one of us are actually necessary for his for his work. In fact, we're better off with that variety. When I was much younger, I was on a baseball team, a really bad baseball team. We didn't win much. And as far as you know, fielding and stuff, I, you know, I, I, was, I was really good catching the ball and throwing and all that stuff. And I probably, in, in that sense, I was one of the better um, members on the team which still wasn't saying much. But I remember at that point, standing there by first base, and I'm, and I'm doing a good job of all I'm doing, and I'm looking at some of my teammates. One of them, I remember, I think this was right after this happened, uh, he, was, he was out in the field. He was in outfield, and he uh, was bored, because you know at that age, the ball doesn't go out there much. And after a bit, Someone goes out there, and they had to carry him off the field because he injured himself goofing off and doing the splits. And it was at that point I looked and I thought, you know what? If they could just clone nine of me, we would win more games. And at that point, with that team, it might have been true. But it doesn't work that way in the body of Christ. We all need each other. And you think about a body. Thinking about the body of Christ, we get this. If, if a part of your body is missing, that's not very helpful, right? If you're missing your hands, or you're missing your feet, or you're missing your eyes, or even just one of those, there's problems, okay? But not only that, not only does the body need all the parts, but you know what? All those parts need the body. If it just had your eye sitting up here, it's not going to do much. Some of you guys have been working out and stuff, and you got some strong arms. But if you have your arms laying up here, well, first of all, that's very disturbing. But also, it's not going to do much good. The whole body is needed together. And I want to get across this idea. In the body of Christ, all are needed and all are in need. If you look back down at uh, 1 Corinthians 12 there. When you look in verses 15 through 18, you know, it's that whole thing of, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Sometimes we get the idea of what it looks like to be a good Christian. And we get this idea that, oh, people with this gifting or that gifting, maybe, maybe someone's a Bible school teacher or whatever. And we go, oh yeah, they, they're, they're really serving the Lord. But you know what? There's different parts of the body. Some, that's their part. 
Others are gifted different ways. Are they any less needed? I'm really you know, happy to be able to use like my, you know, my eyes and my mouth up here. Apparently I use my hands a lot too. But you know what, to be able to do this, but you know, if I was missing my foot, sure, I could still do this, but there, it would make it harder. All the parts are needed. I also want to look at the other side of that. All the parts are in need. And you see that especially in verse um, 21 and 22, and a few verses after that as well. But it says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. None of us can walk around, look at others and say, you know what? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I don't really need you. Thanks for being here, but I don't need you. Can't say that. We all need each other. Everyone in the body of Christ. And that's, that's the assumption this morning that you're in Christ. We need each other. In fact, okay, let's just, let's just make this a little more practical. Let, let, let's do a little practice. You guys like practicing? You like practicing? Let, let, let's get this. Let's have a little fun with this. Um, <clears throat> look at somebody, the, the people next to you. Just go ahead and have this little conversation with them. And, uh, and just go ahead and, and tell them, say, I need you. Go ahead, do it. Look at the people around you. Say, I need you. They're, they're feeling better now. Hopefully that wasn't too hard for you to say. But okay, let's, let's flip it around now. Maybe you'll enjoy this one more. Look at the people next to you and say, you need me. <laughs> you know what? Those statements are true. <clears throat> we need each other. I need you. You need me. It's the way the body of Christ works. God made it that way. None of us can just be the whole body ourselves. But you, know, you think about this, you even see this in the Bible, examples of this. You think of Paul and Barnabas. Those were two servants of the Lord that were very different. You think of Paul, him just going and preaching, nothing stops him. You know, he, he gets stoned, it's like, yeah, just all in a day's work. And he keeps going. Barnabas, on the other hand, is very kind. And he actually is building people up. And, you know, he reaches out to, well, at that point, Saul. He reaches out to John Mark. Two very different brethren, but God used them to get a powerful work done. You know, we think of all that Paul did, but then you think about Barnabas. Not only did he, Barnabas was kind of the one that got the church to accept Paul or Saul at that point. And then he's also the one that kind of brought him into the mission field with him, brought him into ministry with him. And then even after they separate, what does Barnabas do? He takes John Mark. Who Paul was like, ah, this guy's no good. Don't want to take him with us. One of Paul's last epistles. He's writing, and he says, take Mark and bring him with you. Because he's needful for me. He's helpful for me to the ministry. Barnabas had a good effect on him. Two very different people, Paul and Barnabas, both used their gifts for the Lord. In different ways. And you know, you see this with the 12 disciples as well. You know, there was only one Peter in the 12 disciples. And really, I think there could only be one Peter. 
And you see some other variety. You know, you think of Thomas, and he's being more uh, logical, maybe skeptical. You think of John, a little quieter. And then you think of different ones that, um, you know, you think like James, the son of Alphaeus. What do we know about him? And yet he was selected by God to be part of God's kind of A-team in going forward and getting the gospel out to the world. You know, there are some people that are just highly extroverted, like Peter in the Bible. Then you have people like James, the son of Alphaeus, that maybe he was introverted. Maybe he's quiet. Maybe he's just shy. You have some, you have wide spectrum right there. But you know what? Both had a commission from Christ. Both did the work of the ministry. Verse 18, again. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. If you're in Christ, Christ has placed you in the body of Christ. God has placed you there in the body, in the church, with your specific giftings, natural giftings and spiritual giftings, for the edification of the body, for the furtherance of God's kingdom. And with that in mind, that brings up kind of a bigger thought. You know, it's, this is nice. We're like, oh, great. You know, uh, I need them. They need me. This is all good. But this also is very relevant to what we do here. If you want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to look at verses 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift... Even so, minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. As every man hath received the gift, use it. Use it for the Lord. If God's gifted you, and, and really... If you're in Christ, if you're following him, he has gifted you. You may not be aware of what all that is yet, but if God's given you giftings, if he's given you abilities, even natural abilities, those belong to him. Um, those that are in uh, the critical thinking class, you know, we've been talking about dualism and stuff, and basically the whole idea, it's all God's. It all belongs to him. There's not an aspect of our lives where God's not supposed to be just breathing through it. Every part of this, we belong to him. And so I, how I kind of like to put it when we think about this is, you think about it, if something's designed, there was something in mind. If it's designed, there's something in mind. You're designed by God. You know what that means? God has something in mind. He has something in mind for you. He has work for you to do, each one of us. You know, he's, again, he's gifted us, he's prepared us, he's burdened us with different things. If you take some time just to think about the experiences that God's given you, the talents he's given you, these are things, these are giftings, these are things to be using for him. And you know, you think about it, we see that throughout the Bible, God prepares people for their work. 
for the work that he has in mind for him. You think of Moses. You know, he wanted to work with the children of Israel. He wanted to deliver them. Uh, he wasn't going about it the right way. And he ends up spending, you know, 40 years in the wilderness before he even comes back to help them. But you know what's really neat? God used that to prepare him. That was a difficult thing, but God used it to prepare him. He went from being in the wilderness for 40 years to then leading the children of Israel out into the wilderness. Can you imagine if he had gone straight from Egyptian royal society and gone straight into leading this whole crowd of mumblers and complainers through the wilderness? That would have been hard. God prepared him beforehand. And how about David? You know, as a shepherd, he would use his sling. But God was preparing him to take on Goliath. And even you think of the Apostle Paul. When you look at it, he had a high Bible education. You want to say he went to Bible school, okay? We'll put it that way. He was, uh, he was at one of the leading Jewish teachers uh, at the time. He was, he was under him, Gamaliel. Uh, you even see him actually mentioned in history as one of, the, one of the kind of most respected ones. Paul was learning under him, but Christ had something in mind for that. that He would then take that learning and use it to share the gospel with the world. God's been, I'm, I'm just going to make a statement. Maybe it's an assumption, but God's been preparing you for something too. Then we want to look at, and, and we won't turn there, but the parable of the talents. Now, it's given a couple different ways. I think it's probably different times uh, on, in different Gospels. But the one, especially in Matthew, we're looking at, and you know, you have the one that's given the five talents, the one that's given two talents, the one that's given one talent. You could say they're given different gifts. And you know what the key thing was? It wasn't even in how much they produced off of that. It was that they used it. They used it. And there was a responsibility to do so. Leaving it and letting it sit was not an option. They had to use it. So that's an encouragement for all of us this morning. God's gifted you in different ways. Whether you want to say it's five talents, two talents, one talent, or you go, I don't know if I have talents. You know, use it. What God has given you, use it for the Lord. It's your responsibility, and it's your opportunity. So kind of summarizing, God has placed you in the body of Christ for a reason. And you may well be the tool that he wants to use in your church, in your community, and even in your nation for such a time as this. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love for us. We thank you. You've placed us in the body. Thank you for all of these that I need and have been a blessing to me. And Lord, we ask that uh, you would help us truly to work together as a body and that we would keep in mind the vision of your work, realizing that you've called us, you've gifted us, you've prepared us to do your work. 
Pray that you give us grace and strength as we do that and give us grace and strength through this day of study and learning and growing. May your name be glorified and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.